Welcome to Cranford Radio. We're here in Plainfield talking about the Salvation Army. Now, my guest uh, today is Ivan Rock. He's the divisional commander for the New Jersey Division of the Salvation Army. And I'd like to start off, Ivan, if I could, not only welcoming you to the show, but finding out a little bit more about the Salvation Army. I think for a lot of folks, the Salvation Army comes to mind at Christmas time when they see the volunteers out with the buckets ringing the bell, but there's a lot more, obviously, to the Salvation Army than just that. Could you give me a little bit of background about the Salvation Army, if you would, please? Oh, I'd love to. Thank you, first of all, for having me uh, today. It, it means so much. The Salvation Army is, uh, as you describe, in most people's minds, Christmas, kettles. If you need your couch picked up, uh, you want to donate it, the Salvation Army could come and take care of that. But but you've hit it right on the head that there's so much more to the Salvation Army than most people realize. Extraordinarily diverse in the type of services and programs that we offer. It started in 1865. So we've been around a very long time. Uh, started by a Methodist minister. His name was William Booth. Decided that uh, he needed to make a difference in people's lives and uh, started up what first was called the Christian Mission, now called the Salvation Army. And the intention, our mission, our purpose is just to transform lives, to make people's lives better, uh, both here on earth and, of course, into eternity. When it comes to the name Salvation Army, putting the emphasis on Army for a moment, that theme, if you will, is carried through in terms of how the organization is set up, isn't it? Well, in many ways. Uh, Actually, William Booth started uh, the Salvation Army uh, for uh, both a practical reason and uh, something a little more philosophical, a little more thoughtful. Uh, At the time, we're talking in the 1800s, Industrial Revolution, people in absolute despair, uh, working conditions were terrible. People needed hope, and the Salvation Army and William Booth... uh, Uh, They offered hope, and so people just flocked to him and to this movement, uh, so much so that um, they needed a system. They they needed something to to provide some structure to all of these thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people, and the army came to mind. Um, So the the structure is is set up for that reason. But there's something much deeper than that, Um, and and that part of uh, who we are continues to this day. We exist to fight poverty. We exist to fight despair, to to fight uh, all the uh, difficulties that people encounter on a daily basis. Um, And uh, there's no better metaphor, there's no better image than uh, an army fighting that uh, which need be fought. So, so that's why we continue uh, much in the same way. People still need hope. People are still in despair, and uh, we're determined to do something about that. Taking the first part of the name, salvation, that is also obviously a major part of the reason that you exist. And how is that realized through the work of the Salvation Army? Well, the Salvation Army is a Christian group. Uh, it, it's who we are. It's um, to us uh, helping people, either in a soup kitchen or a shelter or an after-school program for children or working with senior citizens, when we reach out and we help people, that is as holy an experience as, as kneeling in a church. Uh, we believe God created us to, uh, to help others, uh, and that's exactly what we do. You know, Anyone who comes to us without discrimination, we are going to, uh, to be there to help them in any way we possibly can. As I mentioned at the beginning, we're sitting here in Plainfield, but the Salvation Army has a presence throughout New Jersey, don't they? Oh, absolutely. We have um, 29 core community centers uh, that are operated, very much like the one we're sitting in here in Plainfield. This is where we have a a building, a structure. Um, Every 
Salvation Army location, we call them cores. Every Salvation Army core is different because the needs of communities are different. And again, our desire is to be as helpful as we can. So, for instance, in Plainfield, we, we have a program here that provides food to those who, don't, who need food. We have food insecurity and provides uh, all types of assistance. In, in Camden, for instance, we have what we call a, uh, a croc center. Um, Ray Croc uh, of McDonald's fame left us uh, quite a bit of money. We built a very large facility, happens to have a pool and a gymnasium and uh, a lot of after-school programming. Um, uh, so a- any any community where we have a core community center very much reflects the needs of that community. Talking a little bit about yourself, how did you first become involved with the Salvation Army? I actually was born into it. Um, my parents are Salvation Army officers, uh, as am I. A Salvation Army officer is a leader in the Salvation Army, a pastor uh, in the Salvation Army. Uh, my parents started doing this uh, when they were young. They, you go to the Salvation Army Seminary and you are trained uh, and then you are commissioned and ordained as a Salvation Army officer. You start out as a lieutenant, uh, make it uh, after five years to captain and then to major. Uh, most people stick right at major. Uh, we have some other ranks, but that's uh, where most of us land. And um, they, uh, they, from the very beginning, took me down to uh, their, the cores that they were running, and uh, I would help out as a little boy in the soup kitchens and giving bags of food to people who needed it, and I remember uh, going out on Salvation Army canteens even as a, as a, a teenager and uh, realized this is what I want to do with my life. Um, there certainly is not much money in it. You don't do this kind of thing for money. Uh, you certainly don't do it for prestige. Um, you do it because you believe that God's called you to help others. And so I, I feel that uh, and have been doing this for uh, 27 years. Uh, so I re- when, when people ask me how I started, I really was born into it. And here's the interesting thing is uh, my daughter, um, she's 26 now, married, uh, had our first grandchild uh, just about a year ago, of whom I am extraordinarily proud. Uh, but, but she's a Salvation Army officer. She, uh, too, a- as a young child, was... Um, you know, exposed to helping others. We really wanted her to understand that uh, life is not about accumulating things. Life is not about uh, making your existence, um, you know, what, what you want it to be. It really is about helping other people. And she's grasped onto that, and she's doing the very same thing. She's running a core in uh, Philadelphia, actually, the west side of Philadelphia. One of the services that the Salvation Army is well known for is their emergency disaster service. And tying this into Cranford, Cranford, the form of disasters that often happen in Cranford, not too often, but uh, frequently enough, is serious flooding. Is the Salvation Army involved with responding to those kinds of incidents? Oh, absolutely. Um, We have an entire department uh, devoted just to uh, emergency disaster services. And it's uh, certainly when the big disasters happen, we're there. Uh, Hurricane Floyd, uh, for example, Hurricane Sandy, um, and, and so many others. Uh, and we're there not only to provide assistance on the spot, coffee and blankets and clothes and shelter and, and whatever happens to be needed, but ongoing assistance. Hurricane Sandy uh, has, has been, you know, thankfully gone for many years, but its repercussions are still felt today. And so, believe it or not, the Salvation Army is still on the ground uh, helping those from Hurricane Sandy. Now, uh, it's not just the big disasters. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, a fire 
uh, a house fire is just as devastating to a family as, as a hurricane is, and they lose everything. And so we're there for that. You know, we're there to provide coffee to uh, firefighters. We often say we get to serve the heroes. So we'll go give coffee and, and water to, to the policemen and the firemen. Um, I actually served uh, at Ground Zero during 9-11 uh, doing the very same thing. My wife, who also is a Salvation Army officer, was uh, ministering in the morgue uh, to families and to uh, some of the some of the firemen and policemen. Um, so for us, again, emergency services, uh, disaster services is yet another way, another opportunity for us to uh, to help transform lives, to help people who are truly in need. When those disasters happen, whether they're the big disasters like a storm such as Irene or a smaller disaster such as a fire that affects a family, the people who are affected are so focused on trying to just get through the incident. How does the Salvation Army become aware of it? How do you get involved? Do people have to call you to take advantage of your services? Well, they certainly can call, but uh, we, we try to be much more proactive um, when we hear of anything, we're, we obviously are right there. Uh, our, we have employees, that's their job, is to be tuned in, to be connected. The government in many situations, whether it's state or local, uh, and, and I would say even federal, realizes uh, the services the Salvation Army can and does offer. So they often will call us uh, right at the onset, and, uh, and we're just so happy that we can respond. For people who are listening to this who would like to be able to give back to the Salvation Army, whether that's in the form of volunteering or in the form of making a, a donation. How would they go about doing that? Well, certainly they can call uh, the Salvation Army that's closest to them, but the, the easiest way is to go to our website at www.salvationarmynj.org. And uh, there you, you can donate if you'd like. Um, you can volunteer. We've got a whole volunteer uh, procedure set up so that people can determine what they'd like to volunteer in. Many of our programs are um, with children in after-school programming or tutorial programs, so we're always looking for volunteers there. Um, Christmas is coming, and you've said it right at the beginning. Uh, kettles are very much a part of who we are. We raise money through those kettles to uh, help not only at Christmas time but year-round. Uh, believe it or not, the nickels and dimes, they add up. And, and in New Jersey last year, we were able to raise over $2 million, uh, and that's money that goes right back into the community. So uh, the website's the best way to go about it. And for anyone who may have missed the opportunity to jot down that website, you can click on the link here with the interview, and that will bring you directly to the site. Is there one more thing I might sure, mention? Um, and we have an exciting new program starting called Pathway of Hope. Um, I don't know if, if you've heard of that or not. wouldn't surprise me if you didn't because it is so new. It was piloted out in the central part of the country. And the idea is um, we intend to continue uh, being the safety net for society. We're going to do that. We're going to provide food and shelter and clothing to people at, the, at their greatest point of need. But um, one of the things that we are doing more and more and have been doing more and more of through the years is um, – well, it, rather than give a man a fish, teach a man to fish. Um, that's what Pathway of Hope is all about. It's, it's intended to, to determine what the barriers are for these individuals who, who keep coming back to us and just can't seem to get their life where it needs to be. Uh, so we have a very case management heavy program that we've developed. We've piloted uh, uh, the, the program here in New Jersey, extraordinarily successful. 82% of the people who uh, come into the program actually see reductions in their barriers and more 
sustainability in their life. We, we have to move them from that point of vulnerability where the littlest thing pushes them into crisis to a point where they can sustain their own life and their own existence and actually give back themselves. Um, the other thing that this program does is um, we, we are absolutely determined to break the cycle of intergenerational poverty. Um, study after study has shown that children who spend half of their, their existence in, in poverty are 32 times more likely to be uh, in poverty as adults. And um, we, we're going to do something about that. And so that's what this is about. We are taking young families who are struggling and uh, not just giving them a bag of groceries, but finding out where their, their barriers are, helping them remove them so their life can be better. We want to give these kids the best chance they, they can possibly have at success in life. So that's called Pathway of Hope, and, and here's the good news. We, we piloted the program in um, what we call Cluster One. That's uh, Asbury Park, um, Hazlitt, Ocean City, Red Bank area. The second uh, pilot, and it's not even a pilot anymore, the second area is what we call Cluster 4, which includes uh, this area, Plainfield and, and Cranford um, and uh, a few other areas, uh, uh, communities around there. But, but our desire is to get this program up and running and, and truly transform lives. Ivan Rock is the divisional commander of the New Jersey Division of the Salvation Army. We've been talking about the Salvation Army in New Jersey. Thank you so much, Ivan, for taking the time to talk with us. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. God bless you.